Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, DJ Smith brought his blender to practice this morning in Truro, Nova Scotia, before the team ships up to Winnipeg for tomorrow's game against the Jets. And there were some weird lines, Ross, but the most important note from these lineups, no Josh Norris. Another setback. What does that mean for the future of the center depth in Ottawa? And a miracle. Both Jacob Bernard Docker and Igor Sokolov have just cleared waivers. We'll get into what all that means coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 887 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on Twitter at SendCentral, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a subscription goes a long way, a comment even better. Today's comment, what is your level of concern with Josh Norris's continual day-to-day injury? There's been setbacks, still no preseason game, and he will not be in the lineup tomorrow in Winnipeg. Today is Wednesday, October 4th, and Pilsy, you famously, somewhere on your desk, have a panic button. Is it being pressed? What is your level of concern? Ross, the panic button, <laughs> it's right here in the drawer. It's, it's right here. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to close the drawer for now because it is preseason, and there's still a week until regular season starts, but... Let me tell you, I know exactly where that thing is. When I wake up in the morning, I can see it in the drawer. When I go to bed at night, I know where it is. And until Josh Norris is in the lineup and or practicing, that thing is going to be readily available because I'm starting to get real nervous about this situation. Josh Norris not healthy enough to play. Shane Pinto still without a contract. And the Ottawa Senators are famously the worst starting team in NHL history without their number two and number three center is not going to help them at all. Oh boy. And if you're Lewis Gross, Shane Pinto's agent, the price just went up. No, it certainly didn't go down. I mean, the old, I'm starting to think Ross that like Pierre Dorian, Elliot Friedman reported that there are trades that the Ottawa senators have that they believe they can make to clear caps cap space. But little Caddyshack reference? Well, we're waiting. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, why are we not pulling the trigger on those? And maybe, Ross, maybe the idea is they're waiting to see what happens with Josh Norris and if they can avoid doing a cap dump trade, especially if they had to add a sweetener, and Josh Norris spends a good chunk of time on LTIR. Now, I'm not, I'm not reporting that. I'm not saying that's likely. I'm just saying I'm it's starting to... Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm starting to think here that that could be the strategy because 
if there's deals ready in place, why not get that done, get Shane Pinto's contract done, and just move on so that he can at least get in some preseason games, and we don't have to see DJ Smith's milkshake pina colada blender lines that make absolutely no sense. Let's start getting the proper lines here so we can get some chemistry so this team doesn't start off terrible and is out of playoff contention in November for a sixth straight season. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but that would seem something that this team and this franchise and the general manager who is on the hot seat would want to get done so this team can start off right. A pina colada sounds delicious. These line combinations were like putting a, an entire can of Coke into a blender, not knowing that you can't put carbonated drinks into a blender or the whole thing's going to explode. I, I don't understand that. these lines at all. Yeah, don't do sidebar. Do not put a carbonated drink into a blender. There's your there's there's your lesson of the day. But we will get into those line combinations in a little while. But man, the fan base is certainly pressing the panic button. We asked on Twitter at Send Central. We said, where is your level of concern? We want your comments on YouTube as well. But over 2,000 votes in two hours. That tells you the amount of stress that's involved with this Josh Norris situation. 52% say they're a little worried. 43% say they're full panic mode. And 5% of you, you've got a very strong head on your shoulders. You are not worried. Ignorance is bliss for those 5%. Ross, I voted for a little worried in this category just because there's, there's still a week left. And uh, call it optimism, call it positive pillsy, but um, I'm not in full panic mode just yet. A lot can change in a week. Like, let's say they get the Pinto deal done. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and then let's say that Josh Norris doesn't have a setback and he's ready to go. Then it, it doesn't matter. All the stress, who, who cares? But there's still seven days. No, there's also another third domino in there is clearing cap space to me. All right, I guess you're saying that. No, because you're saying no setback for Josh Norris. Because now there's a third thing is how are you going to fit Shane Pinto under the cap as well? Is Josh Norris on like LTIR for cap right now or what? So LTIR right now, he can be placed on it at any time. You would have to miss 10 regular season games at least and or 24 days on the roster. It's not that long. Just saying. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't. just when I think I understand the cap and what's going on, a, a wrench is thrown at me here. But uh, I don't know. Like right now, Ridley Gregg and Roby Yarventi are poised to be this team's number two and number three center, which, look, isn't ideal, but... I think in a small sample size, though those two can be efficient. But when I'm talking small sample size, I'm talking less than that LTIR size you gave me. Well, yeah, and, and not only that, now we're getting into the point where it's like, well, Shane Pinto also could have used some extra warm-up in games. I don't know, he's probably skating with a local high school team in on Long Island. Like It's not like he's getting reps playing against NHL no. talent right now, so there's going to be a process once if knock on wood, get this guy into camp signed. You got to get him into the mix before just throwing him out there. October 11th, where he's going to go up against a team with very strong center depth in the Carolina hurricane. Yeah. So it's not going to be an easy start to the season. And the senators needed to do everything possible to make it as smooth of a first 10, 15, I believe it's 16 until they go over to, to Sweden. That's the most critical 
juncture of the season. They need Josh Norris to be healthy. They need Shane Pinto in the lineup, and they need to figure out these line combinations. I get what DJ Smith's doing, and in the next segment, we'll dive in to the lineup changes before tomorrow's game in Winnipeg. We know Drake Batherson won't play after he was able to convince DJ to let him play back-to-back games on the Sunday and Monday, so we expect that his line that was in the mix yesterday will also, and Zach McEwen also played both those games, so he won't play. So they kind of threw those guys on the same line with Roby Yarventi. So those three won't play, but who will? And how and why is it absolutely critical for certain players before the season preseason finale, which will take place on Saturday against Montreal? Well, why don't we discuss that next? We'll also talk about how Igor Sokolov and Jacob Bernard Docker cleared waivers. What does that mean for Belleville and the future of those two former high draft picks? We'll discuss next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over on Indeed. I mean, this is a timely reference. When you're drafting your fantasy team, lots of hockey fantasy drafts going on. Do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one easy place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. They find the top talent fast, and with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews, you don't have to worry about that. Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employees find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Right away, it's already happening. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Indeed does the hard work for you. Sponsor a job and boom. Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes fit your job description. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. I personally know... The last probably four jobs I've gotten, I've used Indeed to apply and uh, I've been hired through there. So I'm an example of that working. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. You know, we love our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. They're in the heart of the Glebe, 779 Bank Street. And when you go there, let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. I also want to let you know that the Glebe Central Pub, the shuttle is back. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm pulling up on uh, online here. You can see the schedule, the little, uh, there we go. We got the full opening schedule. So up until New Year's Eve against Buffalo, Lots of great dates available for the Glebe Central Pub. So for that, you can get your tickets online. $17 round trip. Compare that to your favorite ride-sharing platform. That is a great deal. $17 for absolutely no hassle. No worrying about parking. No worrying about doing the Martian sprint to the car. No, they will take (laughs) you right back to the Glebe Central Pub. So go check them out. 779 Bank Street. It's a perfect place to get let down, right? Because then you can go into the Glebe Central Pub for a drink after the game. You can be amongst other Sens fans before the game. And they are opening 
up on the opening weekend of the season, October 14th against Philly, October 15th against Tampa Pilsy. I wouldn't put it past us to be on that bus on October oh, yeah. 15th against Tampa. So make sure that you go check out the GlebeCentralPub.com for all of the timing that you will be able to get a ride to Glebe Central Pub. Check them out any day, but they are the best way to get to and from Ottawa Senators games. So go check them out. 779 Bank Street, right in the heart of the Glebe. All right, Pilsy. Here we go. One week away from the regular season. Oh, and we're talking about a lot of things that are scary. I mean, it wouldn't be an Ottawa Senators podcast if leading into the season, there's equal amounts of hype and nervous energy. My favorite part of this Ottawa Senators preseason is the highs and lows. <laughs> right? There's been so many, so many dominant storylines, like Jacob Chickren's looked phenomenal. Like winning games. That's been happening. Best team in the NHL preseason. Wait, wait, got a little dirt on my shoulder. Not a big deal. Um, I was quickly reminded the other day uh, at the station that the Detroit Lions, when they went 0-16 in the NFL, they actually went undefeated in preseason. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Any momentum you want to take, somebody will tell you that stat. That's tough. But I think overall, there are great storylines. Tim Stutzel looks poised, take another step. Brady looks great. Giroux, that top line was not touched at practice today, which gives you a great indicator that that's what's going to start the season. The yep. decor, exactly the same. Hey, makes sense. Why don't you get players playing together who are going to start the season? Pilsy, beyond that, mayhem. Complete mayhem at practice today in Truro, Nova Scotia. Yeah, uh, beautiful Truro, Nova Scotia. I went there on my East Coast trip last summer. Great spot. Um, this this is the thing, Ross. The Ottawa Centers are one of those teams that are playing a lot of preseason games. Eight of them. Most uh, most teams, I think, are only playing six. So you've got a little extra time to do the weird line combos. And they're still in a spot where players are fighting, battling for the same roster spots here. And I think this to me at least, me deciphering this means DJ Smith has not quite made up his mind yet how he's going to set up that bottom six. So that is the only explanation I can give you on these wild lines that we're about to pull up here. I'm almost scared to pull them up because the reaction is going to be the same that I had. Excuse me, what? It was the first thing I saw because it's two hours later in Nova Scotia, so the Sens were getting onto the ice right when I woke up and I I had to do a double take. and I know that this is the scratch line, but the way TSN 1200 drew up the lines, it was just a, a third line. And it was Batherson, Yarventi, and McEwen. I said, no, come on, please. You don't need to do that to me. But the practice lines are as followed for the Ottawa Senators. We mentioned the top line stays together. Stutzla between Kachuk and Giroux. Ridley Gregg getting a spin at center between Matthew Joseph moving over to the or left side. Him and Kubalik switching sides. Interesting. Uh, Greg Joseph and Tarasenko is a line. Greg Joseph, Tarasenko. Okay. Uh, Rook Chartier is between Josh Bailey and Dominic Kubalik. And then Yuri Smekal is at right wing between the always together combo of Mark Kastelik and Parker Kelly. I mentioned the decor is the exact same. Matt Sogard still up with the NHL team. So he's up there with Forsberg and Corpusallo. Uh, the extras, Max Gannett made it through that round of cuts. We spoke about that yesterday. Uh, Boko Imama is also up there with the other three I mentioned that we knew would be scratches. That one injury looms large. Josh Norris not on the ice. 
Yeah, no Josh Norris uh, confirmed he's not going to play in Winnipeg, Ross, so you won't get to see him live there. But the hope is that he does play against Montreal on Saturday. That's still a couple days away. My hope hope is not that high. Yeah, I mean, the hope was that he was going to play two preseason games. That was what was told to us, communicated over and over again. But, I mean, when when you've got shoulder stuff, it all it takes is a tweak. I don't know, sleeping on it wrong or, or something that can Ooh. that can just throw it off. So, it's, it's a day-to-day thing that's going to be ongoing. Maybe for the rest of Josh Norris's career, honestly. Oh. When, when oh. you've had that many shoulder injuries this early in your NHL career as a centerman, this could be an ongoing issue that I, I don't know. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not either. Um, a couple notes here. It's such an important part of the team. Like, I don't want this to become like a, you know, oh, like, you know, a joke about Josh Norris. It's like, we need this guy 100% healthy. Yeah. And honestly, Ross, I would say his impact is like, obviously, his individual impact is big. This is a guy that scored 35 goals in 66 games a little while ago. But the impact of the rest of the lineup is almost as important as his individual lineup because you need Shane Pinto playing that third role if he ever gets signed, and you need everything to fall in place properly here. And without Josh Norris, DJ Smith better learn how to make pina coladas because he's going to be using the blender a lot. Yeah. You said he had a couple notes on these? One interesting that Sogard is is still up here. I, I think I kind of like that though because it gives uh, Levy and Mandel a little more uh, kind of uh, time to shine in Belleville's camp that had just started. So I kind of like that uh, Sogard is up here for now. Well, they also have Mark Sinclair down there too. So they, there's no shortage of goalies. And this way, I yeah. think the plan will probably to play. Uh, I would assume Forsberg since Corpusalo played in Halifax. Uh, we yep. played the game in Winnipeg, a revenge game. He never actually played a game for the Jets, but was their <laughs> extra goalie during the COVID season when you had a taxi squad. Um, and my, my play, I'd have Corpus Allo play on Saturday against Montreal, yep. but whoever's not playing, I would just not dress. Like, don't worry about backing up. You know what I mean? For Forsberg and Corpus Allo, you know they're the two goalies. I would have Mad stay yep. up, Agreed. up for DM money and just sit on the bench in the next two games. I think that's probably the play. Agreed. Yep. Uh, the extra defenseman is Max Gannett. Uh, Thomas Shabbat said him and his girlfriend are kind of the billet family for Gannett. So that's a, I mean, that's a good situation if you're Gannett, uh, that Tom Shabbat is willing to take you under his wing. So that's a great story and you'll love to see that. And then the extras, we're looking at Batherson, Yarventi, McEwen, and Imama. You already mentioned Batherson. Yarventi has already played a bunch this uh, preseason too. Nobody really wants to see much more of Zach McEwen in the preseason, unfortunately. And then uh, Boko Imama, I, I think he's still one of those guys battling for a fourth-line spot here. I'm extremely curious to see how everyone plays in Winnipeg. Uh, we'll do locked-on players tomorrow, but for me, like, can Kubelik drive a line? I feel like that could be what the question we're asking is here of, of Dominic Kubelik. Because with Chartier, he's been great on the PK. Bailey's been a step behind as far as I'm concerned. I should have yeah. left the asterisk next to his name because he doesn't have a contract right now. But to me, that has to be the only question you're asking of Dominic Kubelik. Otherwise, maybe it's just that he was the odd man out when they were figuring out everything around him. Because I think Kubelik's yeah. had a good camp. Maybe they want to see him with the puck on his stick a little bit more because we know that he loves that one-timer. So that's just kind of my curiosity is uh, is Dominic Kubelik. But uh, I think it's very smart to have the decor all set. 
Don't be surprised if Travis Hamanick takes one of the next two games off. I mean, during the season, he could be that guy who's alternating in and out of the lineup a little bit. The other five, I'd say, are all locked in. So maybe you get Max Kinnett, another game at the NHL level, see what he can do, whether it's in Winnipeg or against Montreal on Saturday. So that's the practice lines today. Pilsy, any final thoughts on them? Otherwise, we can move on to the nervous energy around Sense Twitter over the last 24 hours. But the news has come down. JBD and Igor Sokolov have both cleared waivers. Uh, just one more note. I believe that's the first time we've seen Tarasenko on the right side as an Ottawa Senator. So that that's interesting that that, that shift has finally kind of been brought back to its uh, original spot, whereas Tarasenko, for all I know, has played most of his career on the right side. And we'll get into more of that as the preseason starts to reach its conclusion. More next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. I mean, guys, they're North America's number one sportsbook. If you're using anyone else, what are you doing? They've got the best sportsbook app out there, I promise you. It's safe, simple, secure, easy to use. That's where I go when I want to make a wager. The Blue Jays are hanging on by a thread. I don't think they're going out this easily. I'm throwing a couple shekels on the Blue Jays. Hopefully they don't make me look bad for that one. But the money line right now on FanDuel is plus 122. So hopefully they can get that done. Football is in full swing here. The NFL season is uh, getting back to action on Thursday. Chicago Bears, Washington Commanders. That'll be an interesting one. And if you're a new customer, you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets Win or lose, guys. Win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now's the time. You can bet on a bunch of different options like spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, all these things at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked on Senator, seven days away from the season opener and only a couple days further until I am back in my hometown. Oh, I can't wait to get back to the nation's capital, eat some shawarma palace, have a great time with you, Martian Palooza, the Saturday after the home opener. Pilsy, we're not going to say it the day before or two days before. We don't want to risk any sort of jinx. But you and I Uh-oh. together at Ooh, Senators games since the podcast started, we are 10-0-1. And, and a lot of like beatdowns in there. Uh, for a little fan duel note, as we still have the fan duel overlay here, if Ross and I are going to a Sens game, bet the over. We've seen a lot of goals in our live viewings of fan duel. Uh, so that's something I'll be doing for sure. And if we're going separately, bet the other team. <laughs> especially, especially if I'm going to a road game on my own. Like, it's an automatic dub for the other team. Yeah, well, I felt like it was a road game for me, even though it was in Winnipeg. But they got beat down 5-1 last December. No Tim Stutzel in the lineup for that game. No Josh Norris, um, although that was a, a common theme throughout. But yeah, really looking forward to getting to Ottawa for that game. And Last time we were at the CTC together, Pilsy, we got to celebrate Igor Sokolov's first career NHL goal. This preseason, 
He was put in a fourth line situation. Didn't, you know, do enough to impress like the Yuri Smakeouts, the Roby Arventis of the world. You know, they got on the score sheet. That to me is the difference. He goes on waivers. I thought he was going to get claimed. I really did. I also thought Jacob Bernard Docker was going to get claimed. This being a one day after Lassie Thompson does ultimately go to Anaheim. I want to ask you from this perspective, what do you think it does to those players' psyche that they were they had an opportunity for any team to claim them with the caveat that they had to put them on their NHL roster and all 31 other teams passed? Man, waivers are, are tough. Like, because you got, like, I try to put it into, like, relative terms and in, like, put yourself in their position. Like, you're working your everyday job. This is your career. You're working. And there's a 24-hour window where you could be living in Stittsville, Ontario, and then 24 hours later, you're packing up your bags and you're going to Arizona or you're you're going to the West Coast or you're going down to Florida or, you, like, your whole life is being blown up in an instant. And now you might say, okay, well, that's a positive because at least you're getting a new opportunity. But there's so many things going on in these young players' lives more than hockey. You got families, uh, girlfriends, you got friends, you got uh, weddings, you got uh, places you're renting. You got to find a new place to rent. You maybe got pets. Like there's so much going on that for your life to blow up in that instant can be very nerve wracking, whether you view it as a positive or a negative. So, I feel for all the guys going on waivers. It's it's not easy. No matter what situation you're in, uh, it's a tough, tough kind of window of time where you just got to sit there and refresh like all the rest of us probably. They don't find out until we do. Yeah. That's that's something I did not know. I figured they would have got at least a heads up. Like they're sitting, they're refreshing Twitter, waiting for Elliot Freeman. I was going to say, not they don't find out till we do. They don't find out till Elliot Freeman does. <laughs> That's that's to me the mind-boggling part of it, but that's yeah. kind of a part of, and it's not the only reason, but that's a part of why these these athletes make so much money that they do. It's like from September until whenever the playoffs are over, like their life is dictated on the league, like everything, where they live, what they do, everything, what they eat, where they sleep, like everything is in there. Uh, before we get deeper into uh, Igor and JBD, I want to pose this question to you quickly, Ross. Let's say JBD was the first guy sent on waivers. Do you think the Ducks claim JBD just like they're just looking for a right shot defenseman? Or do you think particularly there was something that they like about uh, Lassie Thompson and then they didn't feel like double dipping and getting JBD as well? I think that's a fantastic question. I want people answering that in the, in the comments as well on YouTube. Was it a defenseman that yeah. they wanted with potential or was it Lassie Thompson in particular? I'll go with the former. I think they wanted Lassie Thompson, not only stylistically with a guy who could potentially play on a power play, yeah. shoot the puck very well, yeah. right? Like an, a more offensive minded defenseman. Uh, whereas like we, we talked about Anaheim's decor, right? Like they've got like five Radko Gudises back there, right? Like those guys kind of play what JBD does just better. Like I'd rather a Jackson Lacombe, for example, who's a defensive minded defenseman, uh, in there. And I also think that Lassie Thompson might find himself on waivers here in the next week or two, depending on the Jamie Drysdale situation, Mm -hmm. it could be a bit of a placeholder there. So I would say that they took Lassie Thompson because of who he is versus because he was on there first outside of JBD. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And especially with JBD making the one-way money. And two years, right? Lassie's only got this year. JBD's got this year and next. Really? Oh, I thought it was just this year at one-way. 
Oh, two-year deal for Jacob Bernard Docker. Now, yeah. that two-year deal is also at $805,000. It's still one-way money, though, in it's a cap world. One-way one money, it is. He's making $785,000, whether he plays AHL or NHL this year, and 825000 next season. So take it for what you will. It was actually less than his qualifying offer would have been, but he gets that extra year of assurance, which now I'm sure he's really happy that he did. So very interested to see what Belleville shapes up like. You saw they lost last year. Like, darn it. Like, is Max Gannett going to make the NHL team? There's, what, 70 points off your back end last year, 40 from Gannett, 30-plus from Lassie Thompson. Like, how much can Tyler Clevin be an offensive contributor at the AHL level right away? Other guys are going to have to step up into offensive roles down there. Like I'm, I'm very intrigued with the Belleville Senators and uh, the B Sense had some fun with me on Twitter. There, I replied to Elliot Friedman saying everybody cleared. I said the Belleville Sens, our Belleville Sens, are going to be uh, winning the Calder Cup this year, and they gave us a little wink gif uh, reply. So shout out to Footy for that one. But I really do think for an organization, you need to have all levels contributing. Maybe maybe the Allen Americans don't have to. I don't really care about them. Um, that said, with the AHL, you want them to be a successful organization. They've never won a playoff game. They've had a team for just about as long as the Senators have had a playoff drought. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to get wins at all levels this year. Yeah, Ross, we haven't even seen an AHL playoff win in the 887 episodes we've recorded of this podcast. Like, come on. Four games. Two each year, sweeps, back-to-back. Wasn't it Rochester both years? No, they've only made the playoffs that one year. Oh, right. Oh, God. And they only got to play one home game as the top seed. Dumbest thing ever. And they were facing elimination when they got home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, we don't need to go into that. We're not going to have to worry about that because the Belleville Centers are going to have the top seed throughout their entire Calder Club playoff run. So here, this is where it gets really interesting is where the center depth trickles down the organization, right? You'd expect one of Ridley, Greg, Roby, Arventi, Rourke, Chartier to be the top center in Belleville. All three yeah. of them still up with the NHL team, but a top line of Matthew Highmore, Igor Sokolov, and name your centerman. Looks pretty good to me. Yeah. Big yeah, year. Big year, man. Belleville's poised for big things. And they need to do it for for the the region as well because at a certain point, I mean, we saw it with the Ottawa Renegades back in the day where it's like, you don't win, eventually they're going to be like, all right, well, what is this team? You're even seeing with the Red Blacks, even though they had such a great start to their franchise, now it's like people are like, you guys stink. Like, what are you doing? You have to have a winner to, to attract fans to come in, especially when the Bay of Quinty historically is a Toronto Maple Leafs territory. So you have to be able to, to you know, there's there's that half of it where it's like, oh, we get to watch individual players succeed at the next level. Like people still, I'm sure, talk about in the area. We still talk about it, watching Drake Batherson and Josh Norris do their thing down there. But then team success is the next level of that. And that's where you can bring fans to be full-time Senators organization fans rather than say, yeah, I like Belleville, but I'm still a Leafs fan at heart. And I still wear my Leafs jersey when they play the Marlies, right? There has to be that sustained success, that best-in-class mentality at all levels of the organization. So as much as it sucks for the players, and it does for Igor Sokolov and Jacob Bernard Docker to not only be good, not good enough to make the Ottawa Senators, but have every other team in the NHL say, hey, we like what we have better. Like that has to make them hungry going down here and they need a big season for themselves individually. 
But that in its wider lens is going to help the Ottawa Senators organization get more wins in Belleville and develop the prospects even more. Yep. Agreed. Now let, let's get to our pal, Igor. Yeah. What, what does this mean for Igor? Like what, like where should his mindset be at now? And what, what does he need to do moving forward? He needs to keep doing what he's doing from the standpoint, like, cause it's, it's been skating, right? I didn't think his skating was noticeably bad. He's never going to be the fastest guy out there. No. And also when you're six foot three, like how the bigger guys, never look the fastest well they don't have agility they they've got momentum speed like casty fastest guy on the team uh, yeah, recorded nobody, nobody but his, his agility is not there like he's not getting from from the circle to the blue line faster than anyone else he's I, getting from blue line to blue line maybe faster than anyone else that's the thing right i i actually I, i'm gonna go a different route ross i think he like you said igor needs to keep doing what he's doing i think he's got to switch it up i think Look, he knows how to get points in the AHL. Getting points, he's led this team multiple times. He's been a dominant force in points in the AHL. He needs to find a way to show that physicality that will get him a look on a bottom six NHL role. And then when you get that look in that bottom six NHL role, and um, what's his face? The, who's the Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman that slipped on a banana peel? Oh, uh, Eric Turnack. When Eric Chernak slips on a banana peel and you're seven minutes of ice time and you have a breakaway on Brian Elliott, you need to capitalize on those chances. But you're not going to get those chances. You're not going to get those opportunities, in my opinion, if you're not playing a more physical game, especially as a guy whose speed and skating isn't his forte and as a guy who has the size that Igor Sokolov has. So, And he played with some physicality. Like when he was mic'd up, they showed that good hit. He had a good finishing check along the boards. He was playing a little more up-tempo. And I think he's going to have to prove that he can play a top six role in Belleville, put up good amount of points, like not quite point per game, but right around there, but up his physicality. That's what I want to see from Igor. One thing, And I'm sure that's what DJ wants to see as well. That's DJ Smith's type hockey, right? So... That's what we got to see, I think, if he's going to have a chance here in Ottawa, seeing as he didn't get uh, claimed by another team. Yeah, well, he did a great job standing in front of the net and using that big frame in that Again, aspect. Yep. But let's see him, like, if there's one thing, and he's such a good guy, like, get that get that Tyler Clevin into you where it's like, yeah, he, Clevin's also very soft-spoken, very nice guy, but he becomes a, a completely different human being when he steps on the ice and he wants to kill everybody. Well, with Clevin, it's about his quiet confidence in his body size. Like, that's the thing. Like, Clevin's like, he's not out there chirping. He's not playing dirty, but he just knows, I got the frame and I have the skill to dominate you physically if I need to. And Igor needs to start getting into that mindset, especially if he's up against smaller players, smaller defensemen, and uh, he needs to be winning those board battles. He needs to be boxing out in front. He needs to be screening goalies. It's going to be the little things that uh, get him an opportunity to get to the bottom six, in my opinion. And what about Jacob Bernard Docker? <sighs> With JBD, it's it's tough because we've talked about this uh, over and over. Like he he's a he's a very vanilla, boring type defenseman. But if he can be responsible and play smart, simple hockey, he can be effective in in a certain role. But he hasn't really been able to do that. I haven't liked his decision-making. That pinch he made in the neutral zone uh, rubbed me the wrong way. It didn't work out for him. I just, at this point in time, Ross, 
I don't really see a path for JBD playing NHL games with the Ottawa Senators anymore, really. Like, where you got Branny, Hamannick, Clevin, Gannett. I don't know. I don't know how he squeezes into the mix here. Me neither, man. I really don't. I think he has to have a separating quality. And right now, it's just, you know, average at everything, but not exceptional at anything. And I think that he needs that exceptional, that separating quality that uh, will make him an everyday NHLer. Hey, we're rooting for both those guys. They've both Definitely. been on the call before. Yep. Um, Igor, we're both on record. He's a friend of ours, and, and we really appreciate everything that he's done for us, always being available for us. And um, and I, I think that there is talent in there. Look at the the points he's put up at every level. This guy – and. For, like the there's gonna be naysayers for any player but people being like oh he's never gonna make it it's like look look at the ahl numbers there's a lot of comparables who have made it at the nhl levels he's the franchise leader in belleville in games goals assists points like you name it he's he's the franchise leader in that, those categories so to me if igor plays the whole year in the ahl which i mean i hope he doesn't but if that's the case he should be going for 30 plus goals. Like th- this is a year where it's like you're, you're 23. Like let's see you score 30 plus goals here and make it impossible to ignore down there. And I'd still tell him to fight someone. He's a, he has to be Belleville's most impactful player. Well, let me put it that way, whether it's by points, whether it's by physicality, whether it's by being a AHL kind of veteran and leader, he has to be the guy that everybody's looking at. And when the P- the good people of the Bay of Quinty in Belleville go buy their tickets for Belleville Center's game, they're buzzing, being like, I wonder what Igor's going to do tonight. That's what he's got to do. I mean, he was named team MVP last year. He'd probably, like, that would be there. Yeah. Do it again. Run it back, hey, and, and do it on a contending team. That's another thing. Get the wins. Get the team going. No change in coach midseason. Get David Bell doing his thing, getting him physical, maybe riling him up, maybe, you know, hiding the coffee cups one morning because we know Igor likes his coffee in the morning, right? Let's go. Let's get – Let's get a little prickly down there, and let's get a winning environment. Pilsy, any final thoughts on today's show? You want to tease tomorrow's guest for us? Because we haven't done it yet. Yeah, I'm very excited to tease tomorrow's guest. Uh, This is is something we've been wanting to do for a while, Ross, and uh, it's worked out. We shot our shot, shoot our shot, shot our shot. But we sent the email out, and Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, will be joining us. By the time you're listening to this, we will already be interviewing him. I'm so fired up. Like, obviously, we love interviewing the dads, Ross, but a dad that is should be a Hall of Famer makes it even more interesting and that has two sons playing in the NHL that are, are arguably the best at what they do in the league. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm fired up. So look out for that episode tomorrow. And then Friday, on the day that NHL 24 gets released, the color commentator, Cheryl Pounder, friend of the show, will be on ours. So stay tuned for all that the rest of the week. Senators in Winnipeg tomorrow, so I'll have a boots-on-the-ground analysis for you as well. And we are seven days away from the first postcast of the season. So much excitement. Yeah, we have a little bit of worries. We discussed. We talked it out. We're feeling good now. And now it's time to get down to brass tacks, get this roster set 21, 22, 23 man roster. Who knows what the cap will allow, but we have plenty of storylines for you over the next week leading up to opening night. For today, though, we say goodbye for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.